Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. This is the only podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered perspective of what it's really like to be a professional cheerleader. Whether you're currently on a pro team, an alumni, or really curious about what it takes to become a pro cheerleader, the Pro Cheerleading Podcast gives you all the inside scoop and hot topics in the pro cheerleading industry and in-depth interviews of current and former cheerleaders. I'm your host, Makiba. Join me every Wednesday as I reveal the truth behind the palms. Welcome everybody to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. This is Makiba and I am so pumped for this episode. It is called Before I Let Go and you will soon find out why. I interviewed one of the choreographers that I truly admire. You may have seen his work or already are familiar with him, but his name is Charles Smith Jr. Since we're cool like that now, he said I can call him Chuck, but he has his choreography pretty much everywhere. Um, a huge following on social media but a choreographer based out of New York. And I came across him and I think he really blew up in popularity um, because of a Before I Let Go challenge that Beyonce started when she released her Netflix special called A Homecoming. And she did this song, a remake of Frankie Mason Beverly's song Before I Let Go, which is like a classic that you would think you would not touch. But of course, only Beyonce can do it justice. But it's a super fun, fresh remix of that song. And at the end, you know, it's just like a bunch of, I don't know, shout outs to different dances. And so she started this Before I Let Go challenge to get people to come up with their own choreography to this piece of the music. And it kind of blew up on social media. I was watching everything, following the hashtag. And Chuck put together an amazing piece of choreography that I'll let him share the story when you get into the interview. But so excited to talk to him and for you guys to get to know him better. Just a really interesting story and a cool person overall. So can't wait to get into that. And you know we start every episode with Cheer Chat. So I think we should start with, obviously, it's audition season and the Ravens and the Jets and the Patriots have already started their process and it's already underway. Finals are set for a couple of the teams. So it's pretty exciting. And I put out you know, a message in our Instagram story, just because I know it's a super exciting time of the year. I always look forward to this time of year, even though I'm no longer auditioning. But this is the time where you show and prove, you know, you've probably been working your butt off all winter long. And spring is here and you're ready to show your stuff. And there's so many people that show up for auditions. And it's, you know, unfortunate that not everybody gets to proceed through the process. And I just want you guys to know that I'm listen to me like I'm there for you but it really is crushing for people who try so hard and sometimes you get like these you know what a minute 15 seconds in front of the judges to showcase everything that you have and you're fighting for the attention with maybe two or three other people beside you and it's really just such a small snippet and window of time to showcase all the prep that you've been doing and I just wanted to put it out there that like this is going to be an interesting time of year. And as listeners, you know, the line is open, the DMs are open. If you need to just vent and maybe talk about what your audition experience was like, um, maybe there's just some things that, you know, just didn't go your way or maybe aren't fair about the auditions process. I mean, I think there's a fair critique and maybe, you know, I can say things that maybe you guys aren't able to about what that's like. I mean, it's life and not every audition process is going to be 100% fair, but One observation that I had, and um, a listener did write in about it, but I just 
noticed it as I watched auditions, I think last year as well. But when teams have the participants sitting in chairs, kind of creating this show format, I think it's really, it looks pretty um, (laughs) to have a whole set, right? With the chairs lined up and the stage and the lights and the banners that have all the cheerleaders pictures on them. Like it looks cool, but I wish they would just think about what it's like as a dancer to sit through an entire audition if you are unlucky enough to have a number that is towards the end of the entire show. God forbid if you do not give breaks um, or at least one break halfway through so people can get up and stretch their legs, but it's just an unfortunate way to sit through an audition when you don't have the ability to stretch, stay warm. You're watching all of the competition go before you, which yes, you can tune out, but that's a lot of people for a first round of auditions. And even for semifinals, that can be quite a few people that you're having to wait through all while sitting in some uncomfortable chair. So, you know, just shout out to everybody that just survived this past weekend and, you know, are keeping their chin up. I strongly, strongly encourage people to you know, do something wild, you know, like even if you weren't planning on it, this is the very, very beginning of the process. And there's so many more teams that are going to go through the auditions process in the next few weeks. The coronavirus is actually scaring the crap out of people. And there, there are airfare sales going on right now. Maybe you just take a look at what cities are nearby, what other teams that you can imagine seeing yourself on and you just get up and go. Like, why not? You know, the airfare is cancelable. Hotels, everybody's fighting for business at this point because everybody's freaked out and staying home. But if it's something that you really, really want to do and you think you can maybe just wing it and see what happens, I think you should consider auditioning for other teams. I really do because it's an important dream and maybe things didn't go your way, but don't give up. Even if that means waiting for the team that you really have your eyes set on for next year, I'm here for you. If you want to chat, definitely hit me up. If you want to raise any points about auditions that maybe haven't been covered in prior episodes that you think would be helpful to talk about, please let me know. Um, But I'm really, really rooting for everybody. And I love hearing from you when you make the teams, when you advance to another round. I mean, if you need one more person to share the good news with, hit up the podcast, let me know, and I will be putting out good energy and juju for you. Best of luck to everybody auditioning. It's going to be like every weekend. I'll try to give updates during cheer chat, but shout out to everybody who is auditioning. Shout out to those who are one more step closer to their dreams coming true. And for those that, you know, didn't work out, use that as fuel to fire you towards either another audition in another city for another team or just getting you prepared for next year. And don't forget, you guys, oh my gosh, we have an episode coming up about semi-pro dance opportunities, or we can even call them pro dance opportunities. They're just different teams for semi-pro sports teams, but there are other opportunities to dance and don't just give up on dance altogether. There are other opportunities and you should definitely, definitely take advantage of them. Which leads me to, oh my gosh, this is like the halfway point, you guys. It's already five episodes into the season and we are getting close to kind of the end. So I just wanted to give a shout out to everybody who's, you know, been continuing to listen to the podcast and writing in. It's been kind of different this season, as you all know, but I've enjoyed hearing from you and just the supportive messages that have come in. I totally appreciate it. I'm trying to get used to this feeling of talking to myself, but 
you guys make me feel like I'm I'm still talking to someone out there. So I appreciate you. Um, but there is a lot coming up in the second half of the season that I'm pumped about that I want to share. As a mother, um, while I cheered for the Seahawks, I have been wanting to do this episode for quite some time. But we have a group interview all about motherhood from some wonderful women from the Washington Redskins organization that cheered while they were either pregnant, just had a baby, or had kids, and phenomenal women, and I cannot wait for that episode. also have an interview coming up next week with WeGoo, and this woman, we've already talked so much, and I'm sure we've already shared too many nuggets that should have made it into the episode, but she is the woman behind the film, A Woman's Work, the NFL documentary about cheerleaders and the lawsuits, and she's coming to Seattle in a couple weeks. They better not cancel that film festival because of the coronavirus or I will like literally lose my crap. But so excited to talk to her about the film, kind of just everything that she's experienced in making the film, promoting the film. So look forward to that, you guys. I think it'll be soon on PBS at some point this year, but it'll be a really, really interesting interview. And we'll definitely have you super locked in to watch the movie because it's really, really well done. So... Between those couple episodes and a few more that I won't give away at the moment, but I just want to encourage you to write in with any episode ideas. If there are any topics for Cheer Chat that you want to touch on, let me know. But this episode, like I said, you're in for a treat. Chuck is phenomenal. And I gave you a teaser so you can look at the choreography and the Instagram story so that you'll understand the magnitude of how this spread. I mean, you see it even on his Instagram page throughout of just how viral that video went. But beyond that, he's worked with the Brooklyn Nets. He's worked with the Cowboys uh, Rhythm and Blue dance team, which doesn't get enough love, P.S. I just realized that, that maybe there's just so many teams to cover and I wish I could be everywhere, but the Rhythm and Blue is the hip hop dance team. One of the few that's in the NFL that have focused primarily on the hip-hop style. You know, they exist separately from the cheerleaders, but they're such a talented group of dancers, and it's co-ed. It's a super talented group of people, but he's also worked with them and other NBA teams. So I'm super excited to bring this episode to you guys. One of the things that Chuck mentioned in his interview that I don't want to give completely away, but I just want you guys to kind of sink in and absorb it, especially as, you know, we're coming up on audition season. But You know, he kind of just mentioned just staying present in the here and right now and understanding that you are where you're supposed to be. And there's a lot to learn and gain from where you are in life at any given moment. And he said some pretty encouraging things about people who have been able to dance on a professional team and just how well it positions you for moving on into the commercial realm of dance and doing tours with artists or music videos, etc. But I just think that one of the gems that I took away was just to be really present and grateful for every learning opportunity that you are currently experiencing. Because I think if you approach every situation in that way, like what am I learning from this and what am I truly supposed to gain from this step right here, right now, it helps you grow, right? Because you're not focused on the next thing and that next big goal that you have your eyes set on. You're focused in the moment on what you can learn and what you can take away. And I just think that's super powerful to kind of keep in mind as you're going through auditions and maybe you end up on a different team, but you're going to learn so much from that experience. It's going to prepare you ultimately for your end goal. And so without giving away too much more, I just really want you guys to enjoy this conversation with Chuck and 
Until next time, keep your eyes on the sidelines. Welcome to the Pro Chilling Podcast. Today we have a very, very, very special guest, Mr. Chuck Smith Jr., who is an amazing choreographer. I mean, there's not just one title that we can name here to introduce you, Chuck. So what would you say your title is, your primary title? Is it choreographer? Well, I'm a choreographer, teacher, creative director, entrepreneur, uh, everything. Dancer, actor, singer. Oh my God, I'm so many things. God has blessed me with so many talents. Look at God. So yeah, I'm, I'm a lot. We'll take it all. Well, I mean, so excited to talk to you and just get to know you better because your work obviously overlaps with what the Pro Chilling Podcast covers, which is like NBA, NFL, semi-pro teams. And so I understand that you've worked with several teams in the NBA and the Dallas Cowboys Risen the Blue. And so we'll get into all of that. But for now, like, let's just start with where you're from and just your training and background, because it's so extensive, like you mentioned, and musical theater, dance, I mean, you name it. So wherever you right. want to start. I'll start. So my name is Charles Smith. I'm originally from born and raised St. Petersburg, Florida. Ah, a, little, okay. um, a little town like outside of Tampa, but close to Orlando where Walt Disney World is. So you is know where I'm at. a connection with Michelle Vaughn? Sorry to cut you off already. That's how you guys know each other then. Well, the funny part is she found me through a pro coach name is Jenny. She's a coach for the Rhythm and Blue, and she's okay. friends with Jenny. And literally, she connected with me from that, and then we found out we're both from Florida, and like, that's oh, it. Gosh, so oh, gosh. So it, it was through the pro world, not through like hometown, it was through pro, so. Okay, sorry to cut you off. I have a chatty patty, so. It's all good. Back, back to Florida. <laughs> I'm from St. Petersburg, Florida. Okay. Um, I studied musical theater from elementary, middle school, high school, college musical theater kid. I've trained in musical theater, tap, jazz, ballet, anything you name that comes with theater. I've, I've trained in that first before I went into commercial world. I went into commercial hip hop world around like, I was kind of introducing myself into it around like 10th grade, if that makes any sense. So I was like on a hip hop dance team situation, but I was still heavily musical theater. I started out doing hip hop in 10th grade, which was eons ago. And I started- Do you, uh, do you have a name for your hip hop crew? It was just the Gibbs High Hip Hop Dance Team. It, it wasn't a thing. After 10th grade, I was in this dance group um, in 11th grade called Kill It. Okay. I don't know why it was called Kill It, but it was just something I used to always say. So we did the group Kill It, um, okay. and I was in that group. And when I went to college, I did music theater. I went to University of um, St. Petersburg College in St. Petersburg, Florida. So I went there, and after college, I went to New York, and I started training professionally when I moved to New York 10 years ago. A newly trained hip-hop dancer, but trained in everything else before then. So okay. hip-hop started 10 years ago. So has hip-hop become kind of your primary focus, or do you yes. still try to do a little bit of everything that you have training and background in? Well, as of now, I'm dwelling back into it. But for the last 10 years, yes, it's been primarily hip-hop. Hip-hop took over my life when I moved here, which is a good <laughs> It wasn't bad. Yeah. So you started touring, I understand, as a professional dancer. So that how you got started or did you start teaching and doing choreography first? Yes. So I got to go back. When I was in college, uh-huh. I ended up working in um, Florida a lot as like a choreographer. I really know what I was doing, but I was just making up stuff. So I couldn't call myself a choreographer then because I had no clue what was happening. I was a person in charge of making up the steps when I was in college. And through that, I met a lot of local artists and 
one local artist in particular introduced me to like a bigger artist. And at that time, T-Pain was just starting out and I ended up being choreographer and like dancing for him in a couple of his shows when he first started. So I worked with T-Pain when I was like first starting out. And then I also like got to like tour and open up for like random artists and stuff like that in the Florida area. Like, you know, the big artists would come in like say Latoya Luckett, they had an old school jam, came in one time, a radio station, 95.7 The Beat, open for like Salt and Pepper and stuff like that. So I was on the circuit of choreography before I got to New York City, but it wasn't like on a professional level. It was kind of, I was professionally paid, but I wasn't professionally skilled just yet. Got you. So okay. that makes sense. So I, I started out performing professionally in Florida, but I wasn't professionally trained in commercial dance until I got to New York City, which was when I trained at BDC, Broadway Dance Center, okay. with Luam, Rhapsody, Jermaine Brown, Kelly yes. Peter, Sharon Marikami, mad people. Like, I, LaJon, Janelle, it's a lot of people I trained under there. So that's when I started my commercial training here gotcha. in New York. Because I think there's so many pro dancers or cheerleaders that love to transition into the space. So probably going to ask a lot of questions in terms of like how you even go about breaking into that career is a lot of like who you know and getting opportunities that way to audition and commercial dance or for commercial dance dance. it seems like that's kind of like a a natural progression for commercial dance it definitely is about who you know who you train with Mm. but what I can say to give the pro girls and guys a one-up and to pat yourself on the back everyone who I've seen who has being a team dancer, they excel a lot when they dwell into the commercial space. From the team training, meaning like learning choreography, being clean, Mm. having media training, um, you know, just the overall packaging of a team helps those dancers out, jump into the commercial world really easy. So I feel like those who are on team world now, you have a one-up on a lot of people because you're learning what it takes to be an actual professional dancer. And once you get into commercial space, it's just about who you know. But you already have the skills. Like everybody I've seen, I've seen girls go from Brooklyn Nets to Usher and Beyonce. Crazy. But that's great to hear. I think that's encouraging for people who are looking at wanting to make that transition. And, you know, there's a lot of focus on LA and those studios and kind of like, you know, the whole Instagram world of dance right now. But but understanding that they are getting the training and kind of like the sense of professionalism that would help them make that transition maybe opens up ideas of what to do next because a lot of people struggle everybody's getting in these teams right now y'all don't even know what y'all getting like this just the whole female dancers in particular knowing how to like do your makeup properly knowing how to wear your hair no wear makeup properly but go to auditions and not switch your makeup out because you dance on the court you have to be able to do your makeup a certain way so if you have that skill already and you know what's going to look, you know how you're going to look before and after, that's a skill in itself, just yeah. on how to present yourself in an audition. So I feel like that's a major key that all the dancers that I've seen from teams, they all know how to do. And that's something that people take years to learn when they do it the opposite way. Wouldn't have thought about that. Oh, it's a big that, deal. That is a good big deal. <laughs> the cleanliness of the team, like, oh my gosh. Somebody just asked me this question recently. I'm a choreographer, instructor for mm-hmm. choreography pros. Um, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Feel free to jump in and talk about that. Choreography pros is ran by Miss V, Miss Vicky. She's out of Arizona. We had a, a recent pop-up in Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. That's what I was about to say. Um, 
It was an amazing turnout. It was, I think it was our second one. It was my first, but I think it was our second one. And they asked me this question. It was like, what do you feel? Like, what's your advice? I was like, really be thankful for where you are and what you're doing now. Because if you're so looking forward to something else and not really being in the moment of what you're doing, you will leave the moment and it will actually taint what you're doing when you leave somewhere. And I was saying that to team dance. And I was like, honestly, that's like, oh, I want to do commercial work. I'm like, girl, you're learning so much right now in the team right now. You have no clue. By the time you get out there, you're going to be thankful for this moment right here that you're on this team. So I always say in general, the team dancers have a one-up on commercial dancers because first of all, you got to be well-rounded to be on teams. Mm -hmm. Jazz and technique, you got to have that. Hip-hop has to be there too. You got to be likable. You got to have all this stuff. So I feel like team world is like the breeding ground for the next professional dancers for Beyonce or whoever. (laughs) Okay. So I saw in your bio too that you're an agent. Is that right? You work for an agency? No, no, no. I'm signed to agency. I'm signed to MSC. Oh, okay. I saw rep app. So I thought maybe you were. um, He's represented by my bad. I'm sorry. Got you. Got you. Um, And do you think that's like a key step to also breaking into commercial dance is getting picked up by an agency? Or does that come later once you've established yourself and have your stuff going on? That comes when you are aware of your brand and yourself as a dancer, performer, or choreographer. So I feel like the biggest step now is just understanding who you are. And the agency is really only is the middleman between you and the jobs. And meaning like not every job, but the jobs to where they can go to deals, they can meet up with contracts, they can make sure you're taken care of. So I feel like the first big step is to be aware of who you are as a performer, even as like, you know, a dancer, like how your style is, like what you do well in, you know, your overall look, blah, blah, blah. But also once you get that together, then the agency will be the next step. Nowadays, they don't really have time to like, you know, due to the artist development stages of dancers, you got to kind of already have that. And that's Mm -hmm. another thing to say, the dancers from team scene, they're doing their artist development now on teams. So by the time they come out, they're able to get those commercial choreography, choreographers are noticed them as well as the agency. So I feel like first understanding your brand, then second agency. So to answer your question, it's not a big deal right away. The biggest deal is knowing yourself first. Okay. Well, when you mention um, being aware of your brand and how you kind of market yourself, when you're on a team, you obviously have so many freaking restrictions on what you can say or how you can look. And I mean, depending on the team, right, and the leadership. But do you think just based on like trends right now with like heels classes and different things that people need to be more well-rounded in terms of image as opposed to just putting out kind of the more, you know, what we see everywhere, which is kind of like, a certain look and heels type style dancing and all of that. Is it good to be well-rounded or do you just, you decide what kind of brand that you want to put out there based on your style? I would say it's always great to be well-rounded period, mm-hmm. but well-rounded in the right things. If that makes any sense. Like I don't necessarily follow trends when it comes to choreography because trends are trends and they leave. Yeah. Um, I just almost stick to the script. So I would say as a dancer, be well-rounded in the technical styles of dance everything else will fall into place. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All those other things you'll be able to do really well, like especially with heels. If you are technically trained, you'll be fine in the, in the heels class. The heels class that, yeah. that you don't have to go and like, say, I want to just dance this heels style. Like just focus on learning how to dance in heel cool, but also learning, you know, keeping your technique intact because that will help you out in those heels classes or your hip hop technique or whatever it is, you know, still hip hop styles. I won't focus on actual styles. I will focus on having the overall technique and well-roundedness of techniques to make you a better dancer, period. Got you. And having that somehow be reflected in the way that you portray yourself as a brand. 
That's it. That's it. Just that one style that you're projecting all the time. Maybe it's good to show some diversity in what you can do. Yes. I stay toward the well-rounded dancer. Okay. Versus sticking one style because honestly, if you really want to think about it, getting this industry is about work and there's work across the board. So if you're only focusing on one thing, you can only do that type of work. And trust me, if you really want to be out here and you really want to be successful, you have to be not just a one-trick pony. You got to be out here. Right, um, right. You got to be doing everything in a good way, though. Not in a bad way, but you got to be able to do everything. Right. So. Do you provide, like, coaching for people? You know what? This is happening very, very soon. You're the first to know. Ooh. I am I'm doing something very, very cool for women, men who would like to be on teams. I'm starting something oh. very cool. And I can't say the name just yet, but I can say the name. I can say the name actually because it's probably my brand. It's through my Get on the Court brand. So it'll be a a plethora of things, but it will be definitely coaching with me to, you know, first get on teams and then also how to navigate after the teams. And it'll be two aspects of it. That's awesome. You've been a judge at auditions for teams too. So you have a very, very good perspective on what it takes to do it. These last three years, I've been the guest choreographer as well as a guest judge of the Brooklyn Nets auditions. I've also been like, you know, at a lot of tables. That's all I'm going to say. I can't say a lot of tables names. I know a lot of things that can just, one little tuning can help you out with some things. So, Gosh. Well, that means I can't pick your brain to death. But that's super exciting. I mean, I think there's so much at people's fingertips these days for audition prep companies, workshops, et cetera. But if people do their research and they really know who to trust and who to kind of align with to really get them where they need to go then people can yes. kind of have that in mind hopefully it's launching soon before NBA it will season. be launching everybody listen okay. up uh-huh. it will be launching <laughs> may of 2020 oh awesome okay so that's just in time for nba auditions then oh, what just in time just in time i love it well let's talk about uh your role as a creative director what does that entail and how long have you been doing that how did you break into doing that you know what? I broke it. Let me tell you how I broke into it. I broke into it. And it sounds crazy, but I, I just got so, when I say sick, I just wanted to create my own vision. So how I started out was literally just doing my own projects. Literally just like getting up and like, you know what? I want to do a video to this song, but I want to do a video in this way. Like if I, if it was my song, I would do this X, Y, Z. So I just literally started creating my own projects, creating my own projects with like visuals. I would do the visuals. I would direct it, I would choreograph it, I would edit it, I would style it, I would conceptualize it, I choreograph it. I do everything in the videos you ever see. So I started doing all those things just on my own as of like frustration of like, you know what? Because there was a time a couple of years ago, it was dying down. Music videos were going away. And I'm like, you know what? I want to inspire myself as well as maybe inspire somebody else. So I just literally, any money I made teaching, I would just create a project. And I was doing it just to do it for fun at first. But then after a while, I'm like, you know what? Literally, this is something that I really love doing. And people are like, oh my God, you did it by yourself? I'm like, yeah. It's a natural talent I have too, like to just produce things. So long story short, mm-hmm. I started producing my own content. And then randomly, artists would just hit me up and like, hey, I seen X, Y, video. I'd love oh, for you to come in and be a part of my team or work with me for X, Y, Z. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And it started happening a little bit by a little bit. And then after a while, I picked up a lot. And then I was able to confidently call myself a creative director. So it happened at first out of just, you know, hobby. And then it turned into a career. 
So when you're working with the artist, like, are you pitching your vision of their work or do they kind of give you their ideas of what they're thinking about or do you get to kind of drive that? It's different for every artist because, mm -hmm. you know, some artists come in with a full, full vision. Some of them come with just a song. They're like, oh, okay. And one is not bigger than the other because you still have certain things. Like, it's still a task of, like, getting the vision done or creating the vision. So you never know. It's different every time. Wow. So that's when you ended up working with Lizzo then. Well, see, that Lizzo thing happened. That's, that's where we won. So when I first got into the commercial scene in New York City, uh -huh. training with Wom. Shout out to the Wom. Woohoo. Um, okay. There was another dancer there at the time. His name was Jamel. And I met him in class. So I was in class all the time and he was there too. He had started training in New York City a little bit earlier than me. I was just somebody coming in, taking classes, whatever case may be. Mm -hmm. and I met him 10 years ago and we stayed in contact. Fast forward to now, He's Lizzo's head choreographer and a oh. part of her like creative team. So literally how that happened was he stayed in contact via social. Mm -hmm. And literally I was in LA one weekend and he was like, hey, are you here? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, when do you leave? I'm like, tomorrow. He was like, um, can you stay? I was like, uh, yeah. I was like, for what? And then literally it was, he was choreographing for and setting the creative for Lizzo's Coachella set. And, oh my and literally, I, like, literally, that was like, I, I knew who Lizzo was, but then I was able to, like, be in a room with her. And that was literally, I was a contributing choreographer, like, an assistant choreographer for that, that job. Is so dope. Oh my gosh. I'm cheesy, so I can't help it. But I mean, how do you react to these things that develop from your career? I mean, are you just, like, cool and easy breezy about it, or do you, like, freak out? Honestly, you don't want me to tell y'all the truth. I'm cool and easy breezy about it. You know why? Because okay. I'm all about alignment and like, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not surprised by anything, but I'm not surprised by anything. Like, okay. you know, if, if you work, you know, and have a good spirit about things, things happen in divine order, as my mom says. So like, mm -hmm. I'm usually really cool about it. In, in the moment of me doing it, I'm really cool, like probably cooler than people would expect. I've done some really cool stuff and I'm always really, really chill. But then a couple of weeks afterwards, I'm like, wow, I really did that. <laughs> There's like, got to be a point where it all sets in, where you're like, like, like yeah. the aftershock, or even when I bring it up, I'm like, oh wow, I did that for real. I feel that where it's just like, this is what you worked for. They're putting good energy out there, and I just think it all comes around and opportunities open up. You know, I have to ask about the before I let go challenge though, because yes, you know, and looking at the clips from the Vibe magazine article, so. Mm -hmm. I don't want to even set it up because I'm sure the backstory to all this is just too fabulous to come out of my mouth, but <laughs> you, you choreographed like just like a throwback choreography that you would do like at a cookout pretty much, you know, but the electric side is very, very played out and we have like the cha-cha, we have different things, but this was just such a fun routine and I flipped out when I saw it. Can you please just speak mm -hmm. to how that vision came to you? how it all blew up out of like way out of control and just kind of how it made you feel. Cause it was just such a feel good thing to watch. Like I was, I can't even tell you how many times I watched the videos. Amazing. So, you know, <laughs> I do everything based on how I'm feeling. Okay. And feeling like as in spirit, as in everything. So I do everything based off that. It doesn't matter about any random time. And I just do it based on how I feel. So like everybody else, I stayed up to three o'clock Beyonce tried us to yes. watch Netflix Coachella situation, mm -hmm. which is amazing. So I watched it at three o'clock. And by the end of it, I heard the song and I was like, wow, they really let her redo the song? Okay. All right. I was like, okay. 
She was in there, okay. And then the credits <laughs> going. And then I heard the last part where they were like kind of reminiscent of her Get Me Body record, like how they had like a whole dance situation. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's so dope. I was like, wow, I can't wait to see the video for that because I know she about to kill it. So, I, you know, whatever. And then I go on social media a week later. They was like, oh, before I let it go challenge. I'm like, what do you mean? Like challenge. Mm-hmm. So I seen it. And literally the day I seen the challenge, I was like, oh, that's dope. I'm like, well, did anybody make a slide yet? I'm like, what's happening with it? So long story short, the day I seen the challenge, the day it came up, mm-hmm. I posted my page and I was like, hey, I want to do the Beyonce before I let go song. I want Did you just like call everybody to the yard kind of thing? Like come down here and come in, it's coming. So literally I was like, I want everybody to um I was like, well, I'll do the Beyonce thing. I want to have like a session. So it's not a class because nobody had to pay for it. I wasn't trying to be racial, but I just did it. I was like, all the African American women that any safe sizes, I want you guys to come. Because that was after working with Lizzo. And, like, that whole Lizzo thing, like, just her as a person, her yeah. creative team, her, just the whole vision, literally, not to change my life, but it made me see things a little bit differently. Like, in the commercial dancing, there hasn't been something to where there were full-figured women jobs. Mm-hmm. Not like many, yeah. Not like that. But it's just the fact of just her as a person, her vision, just, it rubbed off on me. So I was like... I want to work with sisters for this one, this one, just this one. It's okay. Okay, this one. right. And I know Beyonce had everybody up there, so whatever. So long story short, I put it up on social media, and I was like, I want to have people come in. It's a free class, free session, and you have to be available tomorrow because today we're going to do the class, and then tomorrow we're going to shoot a video. Just something fun in the park. So I didn't make up no choreography. That was me that time. So this time I didn't have time. I was like, I'm just going to go inside, go into the um place, and feel the energy and just freestyle it. And literally, everything that you've seen, there's people that can attest for it. That was all a freestyle. I made okay. it up as I was. Yeah. And I said it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take it back to when I was training in the, you know, the days where, like, the dance team world, like, mm-hmm. not dance team, like, the real dance team, but, like, my school dance team, I would choreograph or make up stuff based on if people was like, hey, like, if people made a noise, I would then keep it. Yeah. Like, oh, well, this isn't good. So long story short, I kind of went back to that. So literally, I choreographed the unaspired. And the crazy part about the class, I put it up at a certain time. And by the time the class happened seven hours later, six hours later, there was 50 women in the class. So I was like, wow. Really so I did it. And then literally, the next day, we went to Harlem on a court. I was mm-hmm. like, everybody wear something bright because I think this would be good bright. Skin looks good in, with bright colors. Just wear oh, bright. Yes. Yes. So I said, wear bright. And literally, everybody showed up. Not everybody showed up because they couldn't come, but the people that could come, I placed them in places and then we shot it. That was it. After we shot it, I went down the street. I shot it on 139th Street and 137th Street. There's this place in New York called Jimbo's. I went to Jimbo's and I looked at my computer and I picked the clip that I was like, you know what? This clip makes sense. So I picked that clip within 10 minutes of me doing it, put the music over it and then posted it. That was it. Whoa. It was like a two day thought process. So I posted that video. Went away from my phone. Come back. I have all these comments and all these shares. I'm like, okay, this is dope. Like, you know, it's like a regular, like, 50 comments. Great. Went away, went to sleep, took a nap because that day it was raining outside. I was like, you know, I need to take a nap because this is out of control. It was a whirlwind two days like that. So I went to sleep, woke up within the next mm, three or three hours. Gonna take a little nap. I had like 500 new followers. I'm like, from what? <laughs> then I see my video. It was everywhere. Like on all like, the blogs and stuff. I'm like, how? Like, it's not that, I'm like, is it that serious? Okay, great. So the next day, it just kept going, 
kept going. Then Miss Tina posted it. Kept going, kept going. Then the next day, Beyonce posted it. I was like, okay, this is serious here. So literally, within those within that day, so the day I rehearsed it, the day I shot it, that all happened that day. The next day it happened. Then the third day, people was like, oh my God, you can do it again. I was like, well, I may do it again. But if I do it again, I'm going to do it in Times Square. So I was like, you know what? If you know the choreography from the video, come to Times Square XYZ time. And I did it on that. So this is all within a week's time. So I shot the video. I did a rehearsal on a Monday. Shot the video on a Tuesday. Wednesday, all this crazy stuff happened. Thursday, I, re- I announced that I was going to do the challenge in Times Square. Friday, I did it in Times Square. So this is all one week. Five days. Kill? Oh, my gosh. I did it. And then <laughs> when I get to Times Square, I knew I had confirmed that some of the girls that did the video were coming. So right. I was like, well, at least I'm going to have like 10 people. At least. When I got out there, 75 people was there. I was like, oh. Okay, great. So we get out there and we just, and we, once again, I just get out there. I'm like, listen, y'all, hope y'all know the choreography is spread out. Let me see it a couple times. People had it good enough. The people that didn't have it too much, I was like, you know what? Go. You'll be in a video. You can go to the side, go to the back. You're right there. You'll still be seen. There's an overhead shot. Anyway, right. so that happened. And then, once again, shot it. Went with my cinematographer, Crick. Give okay. it up for her. Yes, she's amazing. Shout out. Yes. Uh, I, got, I got with her. And then she went to, we went to a coffee shop. It was in Times Square. So we went to like 42nd and Bryant Park and we put the video up once again, looked at the video clips, seen the best one, within 10 minutes posted it. Because I know I know with these kind of challenges things, you got to do it quick. You can't be quick. thinking, go home, like doing the edit. I don't got time for that. Yeah. I was like, this, this, this is a lot. So I posted it and then that one went crazy, the Times Square one. Then that's when everybody else started hitting me up. So that's literally, it was, it was only a five day process. That was it. <laughs> so crazy. And no. then like over 3 million views, of course. And so I'm still getting remakes right now. People doing that choreography everywhere. So like, that's the whole story. I've just been wanting to be at any kind of function, family, wedding, wherever, where you just see people busting out doing it. Yeah, that's what you know. You know what I mean? Just, oh, that's, that's amazing. I love the story. I love, love, love the story. Five days, just like that. Did anything else kind of pick up from the success of that in terms of well, from how that, just more visibility. Yeah. Did, not necessarily like jobs, jobs, because jobs are already happening, but right, right, just right. like it's a different demographic than what I had before because mm-hmm. I had primarily like dancers, choreographers, and like creators follow me. And now people know who I am from that, which is like regular everyday people, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So that picked up a lot. I was like, oh, random people know me. I'm like, oh. <laughs> After I have and you have a signature look with the hat and everything. So, I mean. I have, I have followers from like, 12 or 10, I'm maybe younger too, I don't know what's happening. All the way to people like 75 years old, based on that. So. That's so cool. And Beyonce wow. ended up posting my choreography. Like she posted my videos each time when I did them, which is great. But the choreography, my choreography in her was shared from her at least like 10 times, like her actual personal page, which is crazy because I know Beyonce and her team, they watch stuff, they're not just posting stuff. So I know they've right. seen it. And they actually yeah. knew what it was. I mean, did you end up getting an Ivy Park shipment in the whole nine yards? Like, didn't come in well yet. Yeah. Oh, so, you know, yeah. it's on the way. It's coming. No, that's crazy good. I don't know. It just was a feel good moment, and it was just great to see all those black women, and there were men in there too, right? Yeah, it was just awesome. I love the vision and idea. And the one Times Square video. Looking there, it's, it's a few others in there. Okay. It's an Asian girl. It's a Puerto Rican girl. It's at, listen, Times Square, I was like, whoever want to come out here in bright colors, let's it's hit it. Out. That's awesome. 
Yeah. Well, thank you for, I mean, just sharing that with everybody because, I mean, the whole Beachella and the Netflix special and then just everything that flowed from that just was just such a great, I don't know, great moment for the culture because it, it was needed. I don't know. There's so much going on right now. And so dancing is just something that connects everybody, makes you feel good. And I couldn't wait to talk to you about that. I'm sure you've talked about it a million times, but <laughs> thanks for sharing it again. When it, when it first happened, yes, I did, but now I haven't. But you know what? That what you said, the last thing, like dance, everybody needs dance. And like literally it yeah. opened me up to like not just doing professional level classes. Like I also have like a absolute beginner class that I offer in New York City. And like anywhere, if I go somewhere else, I go and, and everybody show up. And I love it because the thing is like dance, it's before we started doing this professionally, it was a spirit upon it. Like this is something that we love to do. So I love to see people who don't necessarily do it as a career, do it because they have the joy I want to still have when I do it. You know, if, even if this is my job, I still want to have that love for it. And yeah. being around people who don't necessarily do it as a career is an amazing thing. Definitely. I wanted to ask you about I mean, okay, I'm not on TikTok, but my kids are. And I noticed that you also started one. What do you think of the platform? And is that something that you see yourself spending time on? You know what? I, I want you to know, I want you to know, TikTok is a ball of fun because <laughs> everybody's on there. Everybody's on there. So I ain't gonna lie. When I first made one, I was like, this is childish. That's but, <laughs> but when I further investigated it, it is not. One thing it will do to you, though, if you get on there, you will be stuck on TikTok for three hours because it has so many funny videos and I like to laugh. So if you are into comedy or dance, you will be stuck there. But anyways, I think it's a, a great platform. Okay. Because I know what I saw somebody um, dressing like you in the whole nine for the choreography that you put up there. It was just great. so cute. Like you almost had me join, but now I think I'll go ahead. My, my daughter's like, you do not need to be on TikTok, mom. But, you know. Just even if you don't post anything, just scroll on there. You'll, you'll enjoy it. Okay. I mean, you seem to be so connected to your followers and your base and just very approachable. And I'm just super excited that we got to talk to you and hear more about your experience. Every episode ends with uh, Locker Talk. And, you know, if you're on a team or if you have any funny stories to share. Otherwise, uh, it's Drop It Like It's Hot, where I just ask you a bunch of random questions. So you get to pick. I can do both. I don't, it don't matter to me. You got a really funny story? Let's see. It's, it's happened to me randomly. I remember okay. one, one I, won't, I won't say when, because I just won't say it. But it happened to me while I was working with the Brooklyn Nets. I came in one time and I had the choreography all prepared because it was like a new season, I believe it was. Every season with the Nets is good. But yeah. I think this in particular, I seen some girls, I was like, yo, what I made up is not good enough. I need to make up something else. And literally on the spot, I had two assistants and I made up a whole routine. So I was like, come in real quick, yo. And I went to the side and I made up a whole new routine. Wow. Because I, I, I literally freestyle. Like, I'm a freestyler first, which is a blessing. At first, I used to be a freestyler and it was like just a freestyler. But yeah. now I'm a freestyler and remember it. Some things, everything. Right. But I have, a, you know, leveled up a little bit like Sierra leveled up. Um, <laughs> I've leveled up a little bit to where I have assistants. So I have assistants that are able to help me remember my freestyles and turn it into choreography. I, I remember it too, but they're able to like, you know, oh, you did this little thing. Like, they, they're able to watch my little nuances and turn it into yeah. choreography. So that was a funny, like, well, for me, it was a funny story because I can't believe it came out so good because I literally was like, and I say stress because when I go into teams or anywhere, I like to go in very, very prepared and knowledgeable what I'm doing, like mm-hmm. all the way down to like teaching it clean. You know what I'm saying? Right. I like to go like that. So with that instance, I went in there and was like, you know what? These girls are mad good. I need to change this right now. 
and let's go. So my assistants, shout out to y'all. Yeah, shout them out. My assistant, Chantel, and my homeboy, Kavan. Yeah, they, they helped me out out here. So we literally made up a whole new routine on the spot. Dang. I wasn't stressed. I won't do that all the time. If I see some talent in front of me that's like killing, I'm like, let me change some of these steps and make it a little bit more. So you work with the Brooklyn Nets pretty often. I know I freaked out on one post and I'm like, whose choreo is that? And then it ended up being you again. I'm like, okay, I had to talk to him. That's it. But do you work with them a lot during the season? I, I or do it mostly auditions? I do the auditions, which is mm-hmm. always cool. Because I like to see the new talent and just see what's out there. I do auditions and I also contribute choreography at least once or twice per year. Okay. Um, I'm heavily connected to them as just not connected to the, the brand, but the actual people of the brand, like the coaches and stuff like that. So yeah. random fact, random fact, the entertainment director uh-huh. um, of the Brooklyn Nets is in the Before I Let Go Challenge video, the first one. She's oh, in the front really? Chrissia with the gold pants. Okay, now I'm going to have to go back and watch it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, you said you'll do both then, huh? Let's go. Okay, first thing that comes to mind. What's the greatest piece of advice you've taken during your career? Be yourself. Okay. Care to elaborate? No, I'm kidding. Meaning, like, so many people and so many people that do what you do, there's no room for another one of them. So, like, literally, someone told me, it's like, just do what you do. I'm like, and I, I didn't really understand it until I understood it later on. And like literally I've been doing what I do and it's been working and I stick out like a sore thumb because I focus on me. I don't, I don't really focus on like anything that's happening around me. I kind of, when it comes to art, I focus on mine and like I admire other art, but I don't let it influence me too much to where I'm like changing my art. So. Okay. All right. What song is on repeat in your playlist? Let's look. Wait, I just was playing something. Wait, give me a second. I need to look this up. Okay. Honestly, right now, it's been Yikes by Nicki Minaj. Mm-hmm. That's everywhere at the moment. Can't get enough of it yet. It's like a throwback, but it's not like, it's like old school Nicki, but like new school Nicki. I just love it. What's the biggest mistake you see aspiring dancers make if it's not giving away too much info? <laughs> uh, the biggest mistake they make? Mm-hmm. Um, trying to skip steps. Mm. You mean like going from one thing, going from point A, the point G in the first year. I feel like I'm not about a person like I say, you need to train all this long time. But I would say, honestly, just take your time and really, really pace yourself. If that makes any sense. Like, okay. don't don't jump out the window and try to do something else somebody else is doing because they're doing it. Really focus on your path. So I think what I see the biggest thing is people skipping pivotal steps in their journey, if that makes any sense. That makes people, a lot of sense. Yeah. People doing stuff prematurely, like not about like skipping like the whole dance or like you got to do this, got to do that. No, no, no. But literally, you could tell they're skipping something in their journey that they're not supposed to be doing. You could tell when somebody's not 100% confident in what they're doing. And because what they're, they're doing. Yeah, yeah. because of the yeah. lack it's of about Because it's not about saying, okay, well, you can't do this because you haven't did this X, Y, Z. No, it's not about that. But when you're doing stuff just to do it, that's when you're messed up. Yeah. Versus kind of investing the time to master it or at least kind of get real comfortable and, and confident then, with it where you yeah. can deliver. Yeah. Good one. Okay, what actor would play you in a movie about your life? Oh, me. Because I'm an actor myself. So okay, I was say, that's cheating, but no, I'm kidding. I, that's good. I pull, I pull like Fantasia did when she was on Lifetime and she played her own stuff in her own movie. I mean, it'll be good though. I mean, Fantasia was good, but I'll be great. So anyway, so I, I pull myself. I pull myself or, 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 well, he's older than me, but 
if it was a thing where he could play like older, younger. I think Jamie Foxx. I don't know why. Oh. Very cool. Oh well, yeah, I could see, I could see that because you're so multifaceted in all the different talents that you have, and yes, Jamie's got a little, yeah, a lot of that. What's your favorite emoji? Favorite emoji is the praise hands. <laughs> <laughs> When I, when I just want to like say thank you so i just put that up i just yeah. there you go Praise okay me. your favorite place to travel uh you know what is crazy this might sound nuts but i wish and it sounds like somebody's gonna be like wow this is weird any suburb what I, I live in the city and i love the city but i i was raised in florida and i love the suburbs so my friends call me crazy because if you know me as a you know me as a creator great but as a person I'm literally a 75-year-old man. Literally, I love to go to Target and go and buy <laughs> random stuff that I don't need. I love to go to the the, um, the the candle shops and buy random stuff that I do not need. I love to have a pumpkin spice spray. And my room smells like that. My house smells like that. I just do, and I buy furniture. I do rent. So anywhere I can go to like a outside mall or like a, you know, outlet mall, I'm such a fan. But if it's a place in particular, I really, really like going to Texas. I've been able to like you know work under the DC Rhythm and Blue like you know mm-hmm. organization a couple times and like literally I love working with organizations stuff like that but I also love going to the random outside mall <laughs> it's like a ball so literally any suburb if you live in a suburb and you want me to teach you there <laughs> I'll come you'll you. come that's so okay that's probably the best answer uh to drop it like it's not that I I'm like anti-suburb but it just depends on the city too but I, I think it's because I live in a city and oh. like you know they say at the 10-year mark you figure out if you want to live here or if you want to like transition and for some reason I don't want to I don't want to move but I also want to have access to the suburbs the suburbs it's the energy here that's like a continuous energy mm-hmm. even when you're home they have the same energy so I feel like if there was a way that I could like when I travel out, I want to go somewhere completely different. Got it. Have you been to Seattle before? No. No? It's got like, you know, the whole suburbs and different neighborhoods. They're all in the city, but you'd probably appreciate the way that the city is laid out for that reason. I can that come with so, the so that are listening now. My name is Charles <laughs> Smith, and I will come to teach as well as we have to find the outlet mall because I need to see <laughs> We got one for you. Okay, a couple more. Let's see. What is your favorite childhood TV show? Favorite childhood TV show? It's several, so I can't say one. I'm sorry. Okay. I've literally been watching YouTube reruns of like Hang With Mr. Cooper, <laughs> the, the Parkers, everything. Like even down to Garrison. Yeah. So my um one of my mentors who passed away, Miss Karen, she was on the show. My brother and me, I watched that randomly. She was a mother on that show. Like mm-hmm. literally, it's so it's so many old school. All the stuff, the '90s. Shows every single one of my favorite. I know all the episodes. So, funny. <laughs> Those were the best sitcoms, I think. At least they were, for, they were full. Yeah. They were full sitcoms. People yeah. have full lives, not just like random, random drama that would never happen. Like full lives that made sense. You know what I'm saying? Like right. if you go back and watch Moesha from the first season to the last season, this girl had a full life, and it wasn't something that was so far fetched to where like, okay, yeah. it's not happening. No, that can happen in real life. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. it was fully developed. That's what it was. Yeah. Good TV. That's even down to movies, too. In that era, it was fully developed movies. Mm-hmm. People were like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no random thing happened to where it's like, okay, now, y'all bugging. Yeah. But, like, those <laughs> in sense. 
No, I feel it. All right. Last question. Describe an experience where you took a huge leap of faith. Um, ooh, that's so many. Um, a huge leap of faith. I would say, honestly, moving to New York City. Mm. How old were you when you moved? I moved here. When I moved here 10 years ago, I was 21. And I knew I was going to do it. But I knew I was going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I always yes. had that dream of, like, I never really had a dream to move to New York. My dream was always to move to California. I don't know why it was that. Maybe because it was the sun. But me doing musical theater and stuff like that for a lot for those years, I ended up was like, you know what? I'm going to move to New York. So I was going to originally go to an art school um, in New York City. But I was like, you know what? Me and my mom is like, hey, shout out to mom. Yes. Oh, hi, mom. Um, <laughs> so my little sister is like an internet sensation. Her name is Alexis. But her name is on Instagram is Young BBQ. She's mad famous. Like, oh. if you look, look up now. Look, look up Young Y U N G B B Q on Instagram now. Look right. how many followers. Look her up now. She's mad famous. Anyways, <laughs> me, my mom, my little sister, and my little brother Antonio. I'm really like close to them. My, like my mom was a single parent, so like she's mad. Twenty-two thousand followers. Me, I am her assistant. Okay. <laughs> I'm her assistant. So, so I should have interviewed her with you? or <laughs> She's actually, the funny part is, she's actually coming in today. Oh, get out. She has like, she's doing a lot of great things. Anyways, I'm so close to my mom and my and my brother and sister. So I thought I was going to leave. But when it was time, graduation year, I was like, I can't go nowhere. So I ended up staying there. And then I went to school just locally. I mm-hmm. got into every art school you want to name, musical theater. I got in there. My grades was good. I got in there. But yeah. I could not leave to do it because it's just something I couldn't do. So after I went to college for like two years, I went to community college. I just had to stay with my mom, whatever. And after that, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to go to New York. And I really came like on a whim because I'm a real family person. Like me coming here was a really big leap of faith. Like that was big. Because yeah. I could have literally still been doing like choreography stuff back home, but it would have never did what it did. So your family is still down in Florida? Yeah. My mom, shout out to her. She worked for Social Security Administration for 36 years. Oh, and wow. She retired years ago. Okay. So my brother and sister now are, are older now. They're able to travel more, so they're traveling up here. Actually, today. That's so cool. And my mom's going to come. She's never been up here, but she's going to come one day. Well, thank you for sharing your time on a busy day with your family coming in town. I, I love I, a tight-knit family. I mean, that's family first, family over everything, and... I don't know. They should be super, super proud of you. I'm just so excited that we got to talk to you and get to know you better and support your work. I'm super excited to share the resource of your get on the court business with everybody so that they can ideally get, work with get you. Get on the court. Get on the court. Yes. Well, Charles, whoa, whoa. I'm not Chuck status. I can say Chuck. <laughs> Charles, every status. Listen, my name is Charles, but if we're cool like that, call me Chuck. So we're cool like that. Chuck. No, Chuck, seriously, thank you so much for your time. This has been amazing. I've been looking forward to it for the longest, ever since reaching out and so generous to share your time and all of your information and just experience. And I'm just hoping it inspires people. You're just so, so talented. Why limit yourself? Just kind of be, like you said, well-rounded and try different things that to figure out what your niche is because you do it all, literally. So I just, I think it's inspiring to hear. I say if you, if you have a skill in all of them, do them. Do it. Yeah. Once I set up my TikTok, I'm going to follow you. Yes. Make sure everybody follows me. My name is King Chuckaduck on Instagram. Okay. Well, you enjoy your family. Thank you so much. 
Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. You can follow your favorite podcast on social media at Pro Cheerleading Podcast on Instagram, at Pro Cheer Podcast on Twitter. We're on Facebook, on YouTube, and you can support your favorite podcast on Patreon. Until next time, keep your eyes on the sidelines.